This is Adventure Seekers Welcome. Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Ran Law, for AJNW News. And here is today's quote. If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimation of it. And this you have the power to revoke at any moment. Marcus Aurelius And now it's time for AJNW weather. Today the weather is dark, but darkness can be comforting because with darkness we are easily able to perceive light. And in times when so little light is available, the greater the darkness, the more the most minuscule light appears to be bright. It's like being in a room full of stupid people. If it's dark enough, even some of my comments will seem bright. Oh yes, and it's cold outside too, but it should warm up quickly. After all, it's almost summer, so we should give it another week or two anyway. Now it's time for AJNW Challenge of the Day. And for today's challenge, we're going to look at finding five minutes to relax every hour that we feel stressed. The life you save may be your own. Or it could be the life of the guy tailgating you or honking his horn when the light has just turned green. Coming up next is a Rand Review. Today we have James Williams with us. Speaking about fear, faith, and responsibility. Mr. Williams is a world-renowned martial art instructor and the chief instructor for Namiru Akiheho and the system of strategy. He also has... Williams Blades Designs, where they manufacture bearded axes and blades of all shapes and sizes. Knife and Tool Designs by James and Christopher Williams. WilliamsBladesDesigns.com For authentic samurai tanto with modern handles and sheaths. If you go to his website and sign up with your email address, you'll be eligible for giveaways, and special deals. Also, for online training, go to his website to get a chance to train with a Black Belt Hall of Fame Martial Art Instructor of the Year. And from his website, you can find his CRKT blade designs as well. Before we get started, if you'd like to be a guest speaker on AJNW News, drop me an email at University at gmail.com. That's M-U-S-H-I-N university at gmail.com. Please include your time zone, your phone number, and your subject of interest. We're interested in any form of art or creativity that you would like to speak about. Wait, just in breaking news. The interview with James Williams Sensei has been postponed due to a conflict in time. We hope to bring you this interview later on and possibly very soon. So today on the Rand Review, we will look at the final season of Clone Wars. Most of you that know me understand that I refer to episodes 4, 5, and 6 of the Star Wars saga as the canon for all of the Jedi adventures. All of the subsequent movies were made after Lucas admittedly went down the dark path. However, 
in the animated series, The Clone Wars, which was done up as a World War II-styled news documentary, we follow the adventures of Anakin Skywalker prior to his fall to the dark side, and his young Padawan, Ahsoka Taro. Later on, there is another animated series, which Ahsoka appears frequently in, but I'm not as big a fan of that particular series, even though segments of it are enlightening. Nonetheless, the Clone Wars are redeeming, even if they do include Jar Jar Binks briefly time to time and in one episode in particular, way too much time. I find myself drawn to Ahsoka so much more than Anakin Skywalker, as she embodies what the Jedi should have been. And from my point of view, she balances the Force better than Anakin ever did. And perhaps that fulfilled the prophecy, as she was his Padawan and... In her, through his teachings, he did balance the Force within the Jedi Order, which was decidedly unbalanced. And now it's time for a haiku by Sensei entitled Macrocosm. Kimpo is Fislaw, the study of the universe hidden inside us. The Tokushi Kimpo training tip of the day is to remember to practice a little bit daily, instead of a lot once a week. Now looking at the clock on the wall, or computer screen in this situation, it is time for Thoughts on Zen and Pen. Last week we left off with the characters from Zen and Pen running through the desert while being pursued by a person or persons unknown, and we rejoined them just as the morning star greets them, tired, worn out, dehydrated, and staggering. Dookie, Matt, River, Tara, Parker, and Ty met together in a dry creek bed where they knelt using the bank as cover. Whoever had been pursuing them was now out of sight, and perhaps they had given up for the night, or they had been satisfied with the capture of their unknown greeter, who had already lost his dog to them. They crouched against the far wall of the creek bed, enjoying the cool moisture of the damp sandy soil. The sounds of the desert were becoming hushed as all of the creatures of the night tucked themselves away from the heat of the coming morning sun. I really thought Sensei would have been here by now, said Tara, looking around. All of the others were reflecting on their predicament and trying to recoup any strength they could for what lay before them. We ought to start digging in the wet sand to see if we can find some water. That's right, said Dookie. The little sip that we had was just enough to make my tongue aware of what wetness felt like. Parker, like the others, had been resting with his eyes closed, but he opened them to scratch off some salt from his skin. I'll dig first, he said. I'll give you a hand, said River, acknowledging that this was the priority he recognized in Parker, 
whom Sensei always referred to as Senpai, due to the fact that he was the most senior of all of the junior students. Although Big Strong, Matt, better known as Uke, was a few years older, but not as advanced in rank. And upon hearing these two men volunteer, goaded Matt into also volunteering, as he knew it was the right thing to do. And Matt was very much the type of individual that would do the right thing, however reluctantly. The rest of the gang rested for a few moments until the scraping of moisture-laden sand elicited a few encouraging grunt. We're going to need a fire and something to hold the water in once it seeps into the hole, said Ty, thinking ahead, although the process made his head hurt. Not from thinking, but from being so short of water. Wait, everybody, be quiet, said Tara. I thought I heard something. And then, as if magically, the wind shifted and the breeze brought them the scent of smoke on a gentle breeze. Dookie said, I smell smoke. I'm going to scout out and see where that's coming from. I'll be back really quick. Everyone stopped what they were doing for a few moments, and then those that were digging into the wet sand continued, but this time they only dug with their fingers. As it was much quieter, and the promise of the cool brown moisture that was already seeping into the hole was too promising to ignore. Everyone waited for Dookie to return, but after a short period of time, they began to succumb to the temptation of the water. I'm going to go ahead and drink some of this. I can't go on without it, said River. Parker said we should wait for the fire. You will lose more water if you get diarrhea, and that will surely bring on death, as dehydrated as we all are. Well, I'm thinking that maybe the sand filtered out some impurities said River. You can delude yourself with those thoughts, said Parker, but the fact remains. There's no use to go on with the debate, said Dookie from out of nowhere. Everyone was startled to see him standing over them, carrying two earthen pitchers with long slender handles. Drink this, he said, offering the earthen jugs to his friends as he sat down on the top of the creek bank. I got it from the town, just ten minutes walk up the road, or a five-minute walk through the sagebrush, but the road is much easier. I drank so much water there, I thought I was going to split, and the people there were friendly enough to loan me these two pitchers. That healer fellow that we met in the desert had made it back before us, and he had left word with the townspeople that we were coming. But we had gotten separated out in the desert. So they're expecting us, and they're preparing food and a place for us to rest once we get into town. The gang drank up all of this information as greedily as they were drinking the water. Slow down on that water, said Dookie. I drank so much that I threw up and had to drink all over again. Just split that up between you, and you can have 
all you want by the time we get back to the well. Water's crystal clear, and everyone said that Master Quang drank from this water and never got sick either, so we should be safe. They really are impressed with Master Quang, and you would think that we were rock stars the way that the village is clamoring about in preparation for our arrival. Once they made their way into town, they were all greeted warmly and with cheers. It seemed that one of every four people in the village could speak a passable rendition of English, and even those that couldn't seemed to understand what they were at least saying when Master Quang's students requested something of them. After eating a small bowl of porridge and drinking lots of a local tea that none of them could identify by the name or the flavor, they were all led to a communal bathhouse, although there was a separation between the sexes, and Tara got led to a pool that was carved in stone, where she could sit and soak in more water through her skin. Meanwhile, on the other side, the men found themselves in a similar spot, although they were shocked to find that the water was hot, almost too hot, and one of the town people explained that all of the water from the well was taken from the hot spring. That's why no one ever got sick. Wait a second, said Matt. You mean we drank everybody's bath water? The townsman laughed. That was an old joke here in the town. But he explained that the water from the hot spring was much warmer than this. And the well was not exactly a well, but what you would call a cistern. Meanwhile, some of the other townspeople had taken all of the sweat-stained garments and had them washed and robes had been brought in for the visitors to wear. After having a good soak, everyone was relaxed and they stopped by the cistern to get more water as they were still more thirsty than hungry. But weariness was upon them and the townspeople encouraged them to utilize a one-room town greeting place that had been supplied with blankets and bedrolls, not all that dissimilar from futons for them to sleep upon. By this time, the healer had joined them and reassured them that everything would be safe until evening time, and that is when they would have to be on guard and he showed them where he had stashed a supply of staves, much like the one that he had out in the desert. That Master Quang assured the townspeople that his friends that would come would be well-versed in the use of these weapons, and he promised to give them more information once they rested, but he didn't want to trouble their sleep with worrisome details that the students of Quang could easily rectify. And with that, he left them to sleep. And the gang, being so tired, accepted his assessment of the situation and only discussed briefly what was going to happen next. When Tara 
came up with the insight that everyone accepted as the most logical answer. And she said, once we go to sleep, we're probably wake up back home. So they all went to sleep, and what seemed to be only moments later, they awoke with a start, surprised at how quickly the daylight had turned to dusk when they awoke, and the sounds of turmoil in the street quickly brought them around to the fact that they were yet still here, and trouble was brewing. All right, that's it for today. Come back next week to hear what happens next. I encourage everyone to seek out martial art instruction. It has been the source and foundation to everything I do. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi Kimpo. Until next time, this is Rain Law reminding you to follow your dreams.